I'm gonna put, go tell it on the mountain in there. <laughs> I feel like I've been referencing that for the last couple of weeks anyways, uh, as we've been starting the book of Ruth and it is just, it's a good song. You know, you can, you can go tell it on a mountain any time of the year, but it's, it's also good to just see the pictures of beautiful snowy mountains too. Oh, everyone having a good morning? Who, who's ready for summer to show up? Anybody? Right? Maybe this week, right? <laughs> we'll see. You know? Well, thank you all for, for being here today as we can, we can gather uh, together to know the Lord more. You know, it is a great blessing to be able to gather together to sing to our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. You know, as I've said lately, you know, he was born to save sinners. He died to save sinners. And he raised on the third day, proving who he has said he always was, the Son of God, right? The Son of Man come to seek and save whom was lost, all of humanity. And we celebrate the amazing truth that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And it's not just the, the wonder of history. It's actually the uh, history is actually divided by his birth, uh, B.C., before Christ, and A.D. means in the year of our Lord. I'm not going to try and butcher the Latin <laughs> that, it, that it actually means, but uh, it's in the year of our Lord. God stepped into history and took upon flesh to take our place upon the cross and to play, pay our debt, the debt of our transgressions. And we call it good news, right? Good news, but it is, it is wonderful news as well. And we celebrate all of it because Christ arose from the grave and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And those amazing words mean that it is finished, right? Exactly what Jesus said on the cross before he died. It is finished, paid in full the sacrifice once and for all has been made for sin by the finished work of Christ upon the cross. There is no more work to be done. We can just rest upon the finished work of Christ Jesus. That's amazing. Did you ever have a hard time saying goodbye? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I can still remember some times when my friends left Powell and it was like the hardest time of my life. My mom probably remembers too. <laughs> you know, I've never liked change. You know, we like this or that that way. I think as we get older, we get, you know, it's the coffee, this coffee, right? It's this breakfast. It's this grapefruit you know, or something, right? You know, it's... Or it's this, this or that. And we like it this or that way. A lot of us do. That's why there's things called the status quo, right? Oh, we want to keep the status quo. I, I was like, you know, what does that mean, right? We hear, oh, the status quo, you know. Well, it means to keep the existing state. You know, it, it comes out of us most likely when we're talking, right? You know, back in my day, Right? I walked uphill both ways in the snow to school. Well, how is that, Grandpa? How did that work? Well, see, the school was on this hill, and I was on that hill, and there was snow in the middle. 
<laughs> yeah, right. You ever see that meme? It's a great meme. Um, but <clears throat> and I think a lot of us think because that's the best, right? The golden age, the the best years, the wonder years, right? Good show. That those are behind us. The best days are behind us. But the truth is, is that in Christ, the best days are ahead of us. Because one day, there will be no more struggle, sorrow, pain, no more mourning. The perfect king will come and rule and reign and be with us and wipe away every single tear. You know, you're in a time of struggle or pain and you know a family member says it's it's going to be okay and i've i've kind of come into the mantra of saying and one day it will be right one day it will totally be okay because jesus will be right here physically with us again and how cool will that be the best days are ahead of us in christ jesus well today we get to see naomi's goodbye to her daughter-in-law's she wants them to leave her, for there is nothing left for her to offer to them. But before we turn in the word, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the amazing truth, the amazing grace that Jesus Christ is born to save sinners that we can go and we can tell out on a mountain, we can share the story, the amazing events that God stepped into history to save humanity. And that if we receive him, we are born again. We are born from above. We are born of God. And we have eternal life. And that the best days are ahead of us. As we've gone through the book of Ruth, seeing the struggle and sorrow, seeing the era of the judges, and now seeing this hopeful goodbye in the book of Ruth. Be with us in this time and this, this opportunity to just open up your word and to study it together, that you would encourage us and equip us to go out and to love on those through throughout our days, Lord. You know the number of them. Help us be a workmanship for you to walk in love and good deeds and, and to not weary of doing good, but to be hopeful through it all, waiting, expecting, knowing that Jesus is coming back. We just don't know when, but expecting it. And thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for the amazing hope that we have in Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I can't remember what me and Eliza were talking about last night, but it was it was crazy. We were talking about, oh, this expectation, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was my parents were showing up. And I was like, you know, every time they, they come, we sometimes tell them, and it's like every time a car goes by, you know, a, you know, a dog barks, they're like, oh, are they here? Well, they knew that they were coming, but they didn't know when. And I was like, isn't that cool? Like, that's a good illustration right there. So I, right away at the dinner table, I was like, I was like, yeah, we know Jesus is coming, but we don't know when, and we expect it. We wait for him. We anticipate the day. Free sermon. Oh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ruth, please. 
I was gonna say, if you made it to Sunday school today, you got, what, it was a worldview crash course and creation, it was good, it was really good. So, come on down. It's been fun going through the doctrines of the Bible. If I get there, we'll get there, right? Uh, but the book of Ruth, uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 9. The book states this, Then she, that being Naomi, arose with her daughter-in-laws to return to the country of Moab, from the country of Moab to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields, fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughter-in-laws. And they went on the way and returned to the land of Judah, to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. Now as we started the book of Ruth last week, we saw that all of Naomi's family had fled into Moab to find shelter from a famine, and then all of them died, except for her and the daughter-in-laws. She hears this as she's in the fields of Moab. She hears that the, Lord's, the Lord has visited his people, and that the famine that her family had fled from was now gone. Food was given to Israel again. So Naomi arose with her daughter-in-laws and headed back to Israel. As we looked at scriptures last week, we saw that the famine could have and most likely was a part of what was happening to Israel in the time of the judges because of their rebellion towards God. We saw from the book of Leviticus that they were conquered by their enemies. They fled before their enemies and that famine was a part of that passage right famine was a part of that if you do not do well if you do not follow the lord this is what's going to happen so and as we've seen through even looking a little bit here and there at the book of judges is that people would turn to the lord for help and the lord would hear them and see their affliction and visit them just as in the book of exodus right See, Naomi and her daughter-in-laws were headed to Judah for they, <coughs> excuse me, for they, Naomi's family, as we saw last week, were from Bethlehem. So they were heading back to Bethlehem, which is in the north. And Moab is actually on the east side of the Dead Sea, <coughs> south of Judah. So as they are going... Naomi turns to her daughter-in-laws. And I, I envision this like they're reaching the border pretty much, right? You know, like they're about to leave Boab. And Naomi tells them to return to their own houses. 
Uh, this would be like telling a widow of today uh, to return back to their maiden household, to, to turn back. See, Naomi's hope here is that the Lord would deal kindly with them, that they would find rest in a household with a husband, that they would be blessed in that. That the Lord would deal kindly with them as they have dealt kindly with her and with the dead. Naomi kisses them and they all three cry out. They weep together. As I looked at this event, I thought of the book of Judges. You know, it's a time of darkness, but the kindness of the Lord can be seen because of the promises to Israel. Uh, we actually see this to the nation of Israel is in Second Chronicles, this promise says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. So the uh, repetition, <laughs> the repetition, the circle, the circular events of the book of Judges is seen. Uh, through you can read even the first two chapters kind of go into this that the people know God uh, they they live by his word and then a generation rises up that don't they don't know him they they don't know the Lord and so Israel falls into rebellion they go about their own ways worshiping the gods of the day and then Israel's enemies rise up and conquer her hard times come and then the people cry out and then the Lord visits them. In the time of the book of Judges, we see that the Lord raises up Samson, Gideon. Samuel is the last of the judges, actually, to defend Israel and to defeat the enemies. So Israel is called to walk humbly with the Lord, to seek his face. And with this, conditional covenant the Lord had with Israel the land would be healed see the, the thing about this verse is that it's, it's widely used today uh, with well known pastors well known ministry leaders saying see if God hears us if God's people will humble themselves and pray America will be healed we see it on coffee cups. We see it in scripture readings on, on Facebook and everything. But it cannot be fit into the context. The context is, is this. America doesn't have a conditional covenant with the Lord. In fact, no other nation in history has a conditional covenant with the Lord. Only Israel does. There are certain truths that we can apply here. That if we seek his face, we will find blessings. But first and foremost, this is a promise to Israel. It is a part of their conditional covenant. It's not a part of the church, nor any other nation. Because the church is, is what? The church is grafted in for it's part of that, that gap, right? We always talk about the two mountains when we come to the subject of Israel and the church, right? One mountain has the cross on it, and the one mountain has the crown on it. Well, in between is what is called the church age, right? We're in this time where it's a call to all the nations to come, to come to him. 
Because in this time of the church age, we're about this, as Jesus tells us in Matthew. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. To the covenant... It's, it's a conditional covenant too, right? It's repent and believe, turn and believe, receive and live. Is offered by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb. That can be personally accepted or declined. It is a call to the nations, to the people everywhere, to be hidden in Christ. Which means to, to trust in, to receive, to rest in, to be covered by, Right? To come to the Lamb of God who has come for the sinners of the world everywhere. Now this, in fact, is, is the amazing part of why Israel is the only nation that has a covenant, a conditional covenant with the Lord. Because they are called out to bless the nations. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram is, of course, the man who will be renamed Abraham by the Lord. He is set apart to become a nation where the offspring of Eve, of the woman, will come, right? Come from. It's kind of like the Old Testament gives us these grids of, oh, look, the scepter will be from Judah, the offspring will be of a woman, Oh, the sun will be given, right? It's these little grids that we can kind of scope down and find out, oh, it's Jesus, right? That's what all those prophecies in the Old Testament do is it shows us that Jesus is the Messiah and that he couldn't come from any other context but from that context. For this fact, to bless all the families of the earth. As Naomi saw this. She saw that her daughter-in-laws had showed her kindness and she wanted them to go home and find kindness and find blessing. The book of Ruth goes on in verses 10 through 14, stating this. And they said to her, No, we will return with you and your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I... Yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands. Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should, if I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they are were grown? 
Would you therefore refrain from any from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept. And Opa, is that how you say it? Opa, right? Not Oprah, sorry. <laughs> Spell check. Yeah, Op Oprah, yeah, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, spell check corrected it back to Oprah last week. And I was like, really? Like, no. <laughs> Kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Both of the daughter-in-laws say no. They wanted to return to Israel. They did not want to say goodbye. But Naomi speaks to both of them, telling them that there is no hope with her. There is nothing. She asks them why they would stay with her when one. I mean, she says, well, I'm, I'm old, right? <laughs> she has no more sons to give to them as husbands. And two, that even if she was married and pregnant that night, would they wait for that son to grow up? Like she's like, just deal with the reality, right? She's just like, this, is, this has happened. She wants them to move on. The events have happened. The dead are gone. And there is no hope here with me. That's what Naomi says. She wants them to understand her thinking that the hand of the Lord had gone out against me. That's why what Naomi believes. And she doesn't want them to have any more pain because of her misfortunes because the Lord's hands were against her. You know, I looked at that and I thought, you know, Naomi probably looked at her choices and wondered, was it all a judgment of God? Did my whole family die because we left the promised land? You know, as we talked about this last week, we saw that Job's friends and even Jesus' disciples believed this at one point, right? You know, yeah, we saw that Job is a righteous man. He turned away from evil in every way, yet Job's friends are like sitting there religiously looking at him saying, well, you did something. You sneezed wrong or something for all of this to happen. And there's a lot of religious people like that, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, you had to do something to have this misfortune come upon you. The disciples of Jesus, the same thing. Was it this man's sins, his parents' sins, that he was born blind? I'm like, so he sinned in the womb somehow? How, how, you know, and the religious thinking of those days and even our day are pushed aside and destroyed in those passages in those books. I love the book of Job because it literally, it does destroy religious thinking, which is good because it's by faith, right? And I thought about this and the big portion of the United States, a big word that's coming into our vocabulary more and more each day is karma, right? Or as it's more likely said, what goes around comes around, right? Because I Googled karma and that was like the first mug that you could buy. I'm like, oh man, okay, cool. You know, you know karma is not biblical. Karma is actually defined as this, you know, I like, probably tell it like googling things right you know see what see what they define it as right 
Karma is defined as a force generated by a person's actions held in Hinduism and Buddhism, perpetuated, which means to keep on going. Had to Google that one too. <laughs> didn't, didn't want two big words, right? <laughs> and then transmitigation, right? I didn't Google that one, but it means to like, to keep on going with it, right? And it has, in its ethical consequences, to determine the nature of the person's next existence. Does that at all sound biblical? Like, no. That whole philosophy is not near anything the Bible states. It has nothing to do with biblical Christianity because karma is all about reincarnation. You know, becoming that next tier thing. Many lives as a soul passes through, right? From the squirrel to the goat to the butterfly. Where the Bible tells us this. It is appointed for man to die once. And after that comes judgment. That's the difference. Because in one's life, yes, we can see that our choices have lifelong consequences. And our answer to Jesus has eternal consequences. And what we say about him has that. What we, what we do with Jesus has eternal consequences. We see that the Bible states this instead. Now go ahead and turn your Bibles with me, if you'd like to, to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses uh, 6 through 10. <clears throat> Let no one who is taught the word share in all good things with the one who teaches. The one who is, yeah, sorry, I'm like, what is it? <laughs> Do not be deceived. Do not, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. You know, this is written to believers. That we should, in and of ourselves, not be deceiving, right? We should not suppress things. We should be walking in the light. We should... Walk in the light and expose the darkness. That's what Paul talks about in Ephesians. And why is that? Because God knows our hearts and our minds. This is telling us that if we sow of the flesh, we're going to reap that. Right? We were setting up these mosquito traps and... They're like little mosquito hotels. They kind of get interested in the smell and the 
the CO2, right? The yeast and they go in there and they suck it up and they blow up. I'm like, oh cool, I'll buy, I'll buy a few of these. <laughs> it been really bad up at our house. And I was like, hey, it's the, it's the Proverbs 5 Hotel for mosquitoes. Because you think you're going to get something good. You're, oh, man, you know, it's a beautiful woman. You know, you go and read Proverbs 5 and it's this, you know, all of this drawing and, oh, it's life, but it's, it's death. You know, the mosquito, the roach motel, right? Like, why do they call them that? Like, they're not going in there for anything but death. But it's the same thing, right? Is it, oh, that's, that's something good, it's tasty, and, and what else is sin, right? You know, sin is something that, look, if it looked as ugly as it is, we wouldn't be drawn to it. But it looks tasty, it looks like it will enlighten, right? It's the same thing that Eve deals with, right, as, as the lie comes, and it's the same thing that we all deal with every day. But if we sow of the flesh, we will reap of the flesh. If we sow of the Spirit, we will reap of the Spirit. Now, this passage can be twisted and misused and say, see, the Bible says the same thing. Oh, if you do this, that, like, so if I'm bad in this life, I'm going to be goat, right? <laughs> no, it has nothing. There's no worldview crossover, right? It's this. Man is destined to die once and then face judgment. And what we do in this life reaps benefits, rewards, or judgment. Christians get that too. It's called the Bema Seed of Christ. We will be weighed for our good and bad in the body, but there's no eternal thing about that. That's the great white throne judgment where unbelievers are told this is the opportunities that you had to come to me, to know me, and yet repression, right? Suppression came Willful disobedience. This passage is about discipline. We like those words, right? Discipline and learning. This is about leaning. Leaning either on our own understanding and the world's or on the Lord's. The Lord's understanding, the Lord's ways, the Lord's authority, His word. Because believers are what? They're workmanship in Christ. And we are called as a workmanship of Christ, hidden in him to not grow weary of doing good. It's probably some of the most needed verses some days, right? To not grow weary, to keep on going, to plug away and know, right? Just as we, we know our grandparents are coming, but we don't know when. That Jesus is coming, but we don't know when. And to live in that constant expectation and hope to aim to please him. Because if we sow in the Spirit, if we are about the things of the Lord, then reward will come. All three women cried out again at the end of this passage, and Oprah, Opa, Opa leaves, but Ruth doesn't. Ruth clings to Naomi. Ruth wasn't going to say goodbye. Ruth clings to her mother-in-law. She wanted to stay the course. Both had made a choice, right? We all make choices every day. 
make choices to show kindness or not. Who likes watching YouTube reels? Anybody? I know Bryce said he did, but I, I've watched a couple lately, and it's this guy that will walk up to random strangers with like, hey, I'm hungry. Hey, all my money got stolen. And they'll be like freaking out, like people at the gas station or something, and just like screaming at him, get away from me and everything. Well, this one lady did that, and then this other lady was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. Well, and then he handed her like $500 and said, well, thank you. And then just walked away and the lady that had screamed at him just like, like what? Like, but it's just like, we choose it every, every day. And what course will we take? Who will captain my fate? Jesus or me? I like, he's a better driver. <laughs> you know? Don't be screaming, take the wheel when you're going through the weeds. You know, just have him drive it the whole way. <laughs> That's a good song too. We should we should sing that one. <laughs> uh, now every day we can show kindness. We can show love or not. We can see that in the time of the judges, what Naomi thinks about the hand of the Lord being against her was a plausible thought. Judges two fifteen states this: Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm as the Lord had warned them, right? It's all of the Old Testament at that time from, from Genesis to Deuteronomy. They were warned, you need to stick with me or you're going to face consequences, right? And as the Lord had sworn to them, these things will happen. And then this is recorded at the, at the end of that verse and they were in terrible distress. See, in Israel's rebellion, they were given over to their enemies. And they repeated this throughout the era of history. So people could very much come to think that when anything happened that was bad, someone breaks their ankle, someone you know, dies in a car accident, they could see that that, that sin had somehow taken it but as we have seen throughout this study is that it was about the conditional covenant that Israel had with the Lord Job sought <laughs> Job thought the same thing he thought that the hand of God had touched him and he wanted mercy from his friends and in fact Isaiah states this of Jesus that the people thought this of him Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And we see throughout the history of the Old Testament that there are immediate consequences for Israel in the rebellion. That's a part of their conditional covenant with the Lord. But evil and death were, were still a part of creation and they still happen today, not, not because of, well, I, I messed up here, so all these other things started rolling down the hill and whatever comes around goes around kind of philosophy. It's that, no, we live in a broken world and that there's rebellion because of original sin. It has caused spiritual death and physical death to enter creation. Nothing in the text of Ruth tells us that the Lord is against Naomi. The whole of the book, the whole context will show you totally different, right? 
as we continue. But she merely thought that. It's where she was. She was in that struggle and sorrow phase. But the book of Ruth, like the book of Job and like the life of Jesus, shows us that it's not true. That God is actually near the brokenhearted. And God is actually through this event bringing provision for all to trust him. For all to have the opportunity to turn and receive, right? Because what does Jesus say in John? He says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men towards me. Uh, J. Warner Walness uh, wrote a newer book. He's written a couple, but person of interest. Uh, and it's a whole history of how anywhere in the world you have to deal with Jesus. From studying history to philosophy to any other religion, they all have to have an opinion of one person. And it's not Muhammad or Joseph Smith or some other guy. It's Jesus because he's God in the flesh come to save humanity. They all have to deal with him one way or another. And so do we, right? But through this awesome event, this horrible, this, even this horrible, heinous time, even in Naomi's life, the Lord is doing a great work to bring about provision. Well, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you have given us, all the blessings from the air we breathe to the food we can enjoy to the amazing privileged planet that we talked about in, in Sunday school that just the creation proclaims the glory of God that there is no excuse for man to say, well, there is no God. That is a very evident truth that you exist, that you have created you have come to interact with your creation and in fact have stepped in to history that Jesus took upon flesh was born a babe in Bethlehem was crucified on a cross for sinners and if we receive him we're born from above born of God and then three days later you arose proclaiming that you are the Son of God. And there is no doubt. Lord, thank you for this time to, to gather, to study your word. Thank you for the book of Ruth. Be with us as we go on our way throughout this week. Uh, we pray that there would be an opportunity for fireworks tonight. That would be cool. Um, but if not, Lord, that we would all just enjoy our time at home with, with our loved ones and, and just enjoy this week that you have set before us. Help us aim to please you uh, through it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.